Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Matthew chapter 4, and we'll be in verse, we'll start in verse 12 today. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12. Um, today we get to the, to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, we've seen how Jesus is the son of David, the son of Abraham, how he is the one who was promised who would come. He is the Messiah. He is the one that the Old Testament was all about. We have seen how God uh, came to Joseph and told him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. How Jesus was born of a virgin. He was fully God and fully man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. We have also seen how God protected Jesus in sending Mary and Joseph and Jesus down to uh, Egypt as uh, Herod was wanting to destroy him and how Jesus came back and settled in Nazareth. We have seen how John the Baptist came before Jesus to be that forerunner proclaiming in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, we have seen how John the Baptist, has his message was one of repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we saw last week how Jesus, went, well, we saw two weeks ago how Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? He didn't have any sin. He wasn't confessing any sin. He wasn't repenting of any sin. But yet Jesus was baptized to identify with his people and for uh, him to show an example for us to follow. And also last week we saw how Jesus, again, fully human, fully human, he uh, was tempted in all points as we are. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He was tempted to make stones into bread to satisfy his hunger. He was tempted to jump off the pinnacle of the temple in order to to, um, have this uh, amazing uh, entry into his ministry. Instead of the ministry beginning the way we're going to see it today. And he was tempted to bow down and worship Satan so that he could have all the kingdoms of the earth. And yet Jesus responded to all of those temptations. Go away, Satan. Thus says the Lord. This morning we're going to look here now at the beginning of Jesus' ministry as he was, uh, we've got three different sections here, um, but I think uh, all of them we can look at together. And the big idea that I think we get across today, I've got it written down and I don't have it in front of me, but basically Jesus, as prophesied, Jesus' mission, mission field his mission was to go to those who, um, who were both Gentiles and Jews there in, in Galilee. His, his, uh, uh, his mission field, his... Um, teach me to write something down and then leave it in the pew. <laughs> his mission field, his... Um, thank you. His message... 
was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, just the same as what John's was. His method was to make disciples. He called his disciples and his ministry was a ministry of compassion we see in these texts. So let's go ahead and look at our text beginning in verse 12. Now, when he had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to into Galilee, leaving Nazareth and went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us um, to see in this passage a pattern of ministry that we can follow Jesus' example. And Father, I pray that you would uh, give me strength and grace as I preach your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. It begins, Now when he had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. Uh, there, there was apparently some time between these events. We saw the, the last time we saw John, he had just baptized Jesus, and then he, Jesus went out into the wilderness for 40 days. And then we come to this passage where he hears that, Jesus, that John had been arrested. We don't know how much time had passed in between those two things. It's possible, maybe, that it's immediately after Jesus was baptized, uh, the, the soldiers came and, and uh, arrested John. But we, we just don't know. Assuming then there was some time between this, there must have been maybe some time between whenever Jesus um, was tempted and whenever 
he heard that John had been arrested. This is probably uh, a, a good place for Jesus to begin his ministry. John was the forerunner. John was the forerunner. And so if Jesus heard that John had been arrested, that shows that John's ministry had come to an end. And so Jesus knew then it's time for me to begin. Make sense? So he withdrew into Galilee. Apparently, maybe Jesus had been close to the, to the wilderness before. Maybe he had been in Judea or something, but it says he withdrew into Galilee. Uh, the, the question is, maybe was he, was he uh, withdrawing into Galilee to prevent himself from being arrested the same way John was? Um, that, that is a possibility, but Herod ruled over both of those areas, both in Galilee and Judea. That's probably more likely that he knew it was time for him to begin his ministry, and so that's why he went to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, so he left Nazareth, his hometown, and he went and settled in Capernaum. Capernaum uh, was a, a city there by the sea. Um, and it tells us here, and this, this is important, uh, and Matthew draws on this to show it's a fulfillment of prophecy. This was in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. Um, so what we're seeing here is this first part of the big idea. It was as prophesied. Jesus would begin his ministry in this territory, in the north of, uh, of Israel. It came from the same chapter that we see um, that, that, that there will be a son given who um, whose, the government would be upon his shoulders. He would be called Almighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Wonderful Counselor. All of those things. In the very same chapter before that, there was, uh, there was a prophecy that the, the, when the Messiah came, there would be a light that would shine in the darkness in those places. And what Matthew here is telling us is that the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the reason why He began where He did was to fulfill prophecy. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the... Gentiles. Now, he did his ministry mostly among the Jewish people, but there were also many Gentiles around. He didn't begin his ministry in Jerusalem, in the center of religious worship. He didn't be begin his uh, ministry there in the city, but he went to Capernaum, this place where he was surrounded by many Gentiles. Well, we see later the, the gospel openly being declared to Gentiles and many Gentiles coming to faith during the ministry of Paul. We see from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, there is this emphasis on the fact that now the gospel will be opened up to Gentiles too. We also saw it back whenever the Magi came from the east. They came and worshipped him. The first uh, worshippers were Gentiles. And here, Jesus began His ministry among Gentiles. What I want to see from this text here, as prophesied, Jesus began His mission in the region of the Gentiles. This was the mission field of Jesus. He didn't go to the religious people. He went to the Gentiles. He went to the despised. He went to... Uh, uh, people of all classes and backgrounds. Black and white. 
Jew and Gentile and Samaritan. Black and white, red and yellow, they're all precious in His sight, right? Like the song. Rich and poor, young and old, male and female. He went to all. And so we have we see this ministry of Jesus was focused in a, it was mainly to Jews but it was in a region of Gentiles this shows us that our mission field also I think if we're following after the pattern of Jesus is to all people Our mission field is not just to religious people in fact sometimes those are the hardest ones Our mission field is to everyone to the rich to the poor Black and white, to the young and the old, to those who are professionals, to those who are blue collar, and to those who are methodics. We see Jesus' ministry was a ministry to all people, and our ministry should follow after that pattern. Our ministry is to all people in the place where God has put us, which is right here. The second thing we see here, verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here we see the message of Jesus. And this should be our message as well. Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the message that I so often talk about is the message of love, the message of grace. Yet there is an essential component of the gospel and that is repent. The gospel is Jesus came and died for our sins. The gospel is the fact that God planning from all eternity to send a seed of the woman to come and crush the serpent's head, that Jesus would come and he would die in our place as a substitute for us, as an atonement, as a perfect sacrifice for us. And we believe on him, trust in him, and we can be saved. That, that, um, that gospel is appropriated through repentance. Repent isn't the gospel, but it's how we appropriate it. When we see this message, we go from one way to another. See, the, message, the, the word repent, the Hebrew word means to turn. It's like a 180 from one way to another. We are living our lives one way in a direction that leads towards sin and death, ourselves, worshiping ourselves, worshiping, trying to accumulate whatever we can for ourselves. And when we come to Jesus, when we see what He has done for us, we turn in the opposite direction and we worship Him. And we want to obey Him. We repent from what we used to be and we turn to the Lord. We turn to Him. What Jesus here preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Sometimes I wonder if I say repent enough. <laughs> Oftentimes I think I, 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 I use the word turn to Jesus more than I use the word repent. But it's biblical. And maybe some reason, one of the reasons why I, I tend oftentimes to shy away from that kind of language is because I don't want to be legalistic. To think, well, somehow we can be saved by just turning over a new leaf and living a better life. And that's not the gospel. Just trying to turn over a new leaf and fix ourselves. That's not the gospel at all. But it's the word Jesus used. Repent. So we have to say 
the same. We have to have the same message that Jesus had. Repent. Even the, 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 uh, in the early church, when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, he, he talked about how Jesus had come and, and he said that uh, God had, had this plan from all eternity and you crucified him. He was talking, talking to the Jewish people. You crucified him. And the people all cried out, what shall we do then? And what did Peter say? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. That is how we appropriate the gospel. It's not the gospel itself, but it is how we appropriate the gospel. And we need to not only talk about what Jesus did for us, but then what does that mean for what we should do? Again, we're not saved by turning over a new leaf. We're saved by turning away from ourselves and turning to Jesus. And giving him all. No longer trying to do everything ourselves and try to try to uh, be self-sufficient. But saying, Jesus, I can't. I need you to run my life. That's repentance. So we have the mission field of Jesus. It's to all people. We have the message of Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then... We have the method of Jesus. While walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said, come, said to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. This seems like a kind of a strange story. It's maybe kind of familiar to us if we grew up in church. We, we know the story about Jesus walking by the sea. He sees these two brothers and he says, follow me. And they drop their nets and they follow him. And, and we, but, but there's so much. That, 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 is, that is astounding. Their income was, they were fishermen. That was their job. And when Jesus came to, you know, imagine if I came to you at work where you're working your job and that's where you get your, your money. And I said, leave everything behind and just come with me. You'd think I was crazy. Why didn't the disciples have that kind of reaction? Maybe they were aware of him. He had already been preaching this message here in this community. Maybe they were aware of him, but we don't know that for sure. Jesus came to them and without whatever authority he had in his words, as soon as he said to them, Follow me. They dropped their nets. They left behind their old life. And they followed him. Now, Jesus doesn't call everybody to leave their job. Uh, I mean, uh, in fact, I mean, um, you know, think of uh, uh, people in, in the Bible that were that worked a regular job. Paul, he was a, a, a great apostle. He was a great missionary. And yet he was a tent maker. He, that was his other income that he, he worked. And then um, also uh, Aquila and Priscilla, they were also tent makers. And, and we see people, they had jobs. Uh, they didn't just leave behind their income and everything. But that's what Jesus called Peter and Andrew to do. They were going to leave behind their source of income and follow Jesus wherever that was. Depend on him. No longer depending upon their own ability to get their own resources. It's kind of astounding. 
So where do we get Jesus' method here? One, when we come to people with the gospel, we tell them, we, we don't come to them begging. <laughs> we don't come to them begging. We come to them as saying, God demands that each person repent and turn to Jesus now. Those who believe will believe and they will follow him. And many will turn us down. Many will say, what are you thinking? But we confidently state the gospel. Jesus was confident whenever he spoke to Peter and Andrew and said, follow me. Now, Jesus had the power to make him do it. (laughs) He was God. Jesus knew all things. He was God. He, he knew that He could come to them and how they would respond. We don't know that. So we come to everybody with that same message. And we see God has commanded everyone from every race, from every class, to repent and to turn to Him. Another thing we see that Jesus was doing was He was making disciples. He said, follow me. We don't tell people, follow me. We tell people, follow Jesus. It's the same message Jesus had. It's the same method Jesus had. Our method is to make disciples by having people following Jesus. By helping people following Jesus. Um, I'll go ahead and read the other part here. Um, And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them and immediately they left the boat and their father and and followed him. Now, this seems astounding to us, too. They left their dad. Now he's left there to run the family business all by himself. Well, If you actually look at, uh, I don't remember if it's Luke or Mark, but one of the other Gospels has a parallel account, and it says they left their father there with the hired servants. So he wasn't there all by himself. They they weren't dishonoring their father by leaving him stranded. But it is astounding. They left everything. Jesus says, if you don't hate your mother and your father, you cannot be my disciple. He doesn't tell us, he doesn't mean hate like we think of hate. But that we would, that he would be so much our priority that everything else compared to that looks like, looks like we hate them. Like, looks like, does that make sense? (laughs) I know it's a, it's a radical concept. And if it's the first time you've run across it, it, it may be really, really difficult. But over time we get to kind of realize that our priority is Jesus and sometimes we have to say no even to our family in order to obey Jesus. That's what the call of Jesus requires. So this method of Jesus, again, it's making disciples. This actually, I think, foreshadows what we see in the end of Matthew. In Matthew 28, after Jesus had died and rose again and before the ascension, He gives this, these last words to His disciples. We call it the Great Commission. This Great Commission in Matthew 28 says, And when they saw Him and they worshipped Him, but some doubted, and Jesus came to them and said, 
and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus commanded his disciples to go and make disciples. That is our mission, to make disciples. It was what Jesus began his ministry with. He chose and made disciples. And our job, our mission is also to make disciples. Now, every Sunday, I begin by reading our mission and I, I, over the last six months or so, something's been getting to me. And I've been realizing we're missing something in our mission statement. And it's this right here. Our mission is also to make disciples. So I have uh, altered the words and from here on out, I'm going to uh, add one more plank. Instead of four planks in our mission, we've got a fifth one that I'm going to be adding as of this week. At Redeemer Baptist Church, we seek to worship God in biblical simplicity, to serve our community by meeting tangible needs, to communicate the gospel to those who have not heard, and to make mature disciples out of every believer, and to have Christ at the center of all we do. Our mission is the same as Jesus told us before he ascended into heaven, make disciples. As we have moved to Sunday morning instead of Sunday night, I think this opens up an opportunity. I think that uh, one thing we can start doing, not every Sunday, of course, and, and maybe the winter months when it's cold would be a great time to take a break from some things like this, but we can utilize Sunday nights now for some discipleship training. But you know what? Even though this hasn't been a part of our mission statement until now, it's been one of my priorities from the very beginning. We've had uh, some young men... Uh, Bradley and Caleb, maybe not everybody have, have, have met them because they were gone by the time you guys joined. But um, whenever they were serving with us, I would meet with them on a weekly basis and we would go through the scriptures and, and I would try to disciple them as we were going along. And I, I've tried to make a priority of meeting with other men to disciple them. I, I, I mean, uh, Mike, for the longest time, I was meeting with you uh, on a weekly basis. And things got kind of changed with our schedules and everything, but we, I still, I try to make a priority of coming and spending some time with you. And then um, Ron here, uh, ever since he trusted in Christ back in June, I've been meeting with him every week. And, uh, you know, that needs to, it's been a priority, but hasn't been explicit in our mission. And I think that's one change that we need to make. Uh, is that it will be explicit in our mission. And uh, another thing, it's a, lot of, a lot of the discipleship I've been doing is organic. Uh, but what I mean by that is we're just dealing with the issues that people are going through and just kind of helping them along the way. Uh, one thing that I, I'm going to kind of change is I'm going to start uh, developing uh, a kind of a pathway to lead people through. Uh, that, that we can lead people through and make sure we cover everything and not just uh, kind of be hit and miss on all the, on all the different um, factors of discipleship. So that's going to be a new emphasis this year that uh, I think uh, I'm excited about, making disciples. 
So we've got the mission of Je- mission field of Jesus. It's to all people. The message of Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The method of Jesus. Making disciples. And finally, the ministry of Jesus. Verse 23. And he went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction from the people, among the people. His ministry was characterized by two things. Teaching and preaching and a ministry of compassion. He was healing. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have the gift of healing. <laughs> and in fact, with the, my understanding of theology, I don't even expect to have the gift of healing. God can heal. We can pray for Him to heal. He can heal anybody He wants to at any time. But what we can do, even if we don't have any kind of a miraculous gift of healing, is we can have a ministry of compassion. Jesus looked on the multitudes who were hurting, who were oppressed, who were sick, with all kinds of diseases, and He healed them. He had compassion on them. So our ministry needs to be like Jesus' ministry. It's a ministry of preaching and teaching and a ministry of compassion. He went all throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. When Jesus had this ministry of compassion, healing every disease, his fame spread. If we have a ministry of compassion, if we see the needs around us and begin to meet those needs, word's going to get out about Redeemer Baptist Church. His fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, and paralytics, and he healed them. And a great crowd followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. People from everywhere were flocking to Jesus because of his preaching and teaching and his ministry of compassion. So here's a summary. We, as Redeemer Baptist Church, need to be committed to the mission field of Jesus, all people. We need to be committed to the message of Jesus. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. We need to be committed to the method of Jesus. We are making disciples. And we need to be committed to having a ministry like Jesus. Where we teach and preach the Bible, and we have a ministry of compassion where we're serving our community by meeting tangible needs, where we're helping the hurting in our community. This is what Redeemer Baptist Church must be. This can lead to revival. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.